Grace to you in peace from the one who's coming, who's coming back for us to take us to be with him, for whose come we, we are by grace and by his blood prepared. May God prepare you for that this morning as we hear his word. Over the last six weeks, we've been in the book of Jeremiah, and we're kind of wrapping up our first series in the book of Jeremiah. We'll come back to Jeremiah's message during the season of Lent. But what we've looked at so far is we've focused on Jeremiah, the prophet, Jeremiah, the messenger, and asked the question, how does Jeremiah remain faithful? How does Jeremiah survive and even, you could say, thrive in the midst of a difficult ministry, in the midst of a challenging life? How do, how do we, so the question we ask ourselves is, how do, what, do we, what can we learn from Jeremiah about survival as God's people both now and on the day he returns. And we've seen a lot of things, and I'll quickly review them. We've seen that, that fir the first thing we learn about Jeremiah is that he submits himself into the, he puts himself in the hands of the sovereign potter who does with his life as he pleases. And what our sovereign Lord does with our life is good. It, what pleases God, that pleases me. We, we saw that our lives, just like Jeremiah's life, is bracketed by grace on, on every side. Before we were born and into all eternity, it's all grace around our lives. And because our God is gracious, he gives us gifts. He gives us the gift of Sabbath rest, where we can entrust our lives to him and, and actually stop from our labor and, and, and take a nap. And we receive the, the gift of, of lament, where, where when our hearts hurt, we can raise it up to our God as, as a complaint. That our God doesn't just open our arm, his arms to receive us in our pain, but he actually says, bring it to me, because I'm your father and I love you. He, he's given us the gift of his word, which, which when you compare it to any other message is true and lasting and today, as we get into Jeremiah chapter 25, there's one more thing we learn from Jeremiah. There are much more we could learn, but there's one more thing we will learn, and it's persistence. It's, it's the call to our own persistence, another way to say that, a call to faithfulness on our part, to keep on keeping on, to be persistent, but not only that, but to see our God's persistence for our salvation. Um, God's word for us today is from Jeremiah chapter 25. You can follow along on the sermon notes. You can follow, also follow along on the screen. This is the word of our God. The word came to Jeremiah concerning all the people of Judah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, which was the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. So, Jeremiah the prophet said to all the people of Judah and to all those living in Jerusalem, For 23 years, from the 13th year of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, until this very day, for 23 years the word of the Lord has come to me, and I have spoken to you again and again, but you have not listened. And though the Lord has sent all his servants, the prophets, to you again and again, you have not listened or paid any attention. They, they said, turn now each of you from your evil ways and your evil practices and you will stay in the land the Lord God gave to you and to your ancestors forever and ever. Do not follow other gods to serve and worship them. Do not arouse my anger with what your hands have made. Then I will not harm you. But 
You did not listen to me, declares the Lord. And you have aroused my anger with what your hands have made, and you have brought harm on yourselves, to yourselves. This is the word of our God. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, in this Advent season and this Advent time, we prepare ourselves for your coming. So as I speak to your people today, the words from you, and as your people hear your words that you have given to me, I pray that the words of our mouth, my mouth and the meditation of our hearts, that it all would be pleasing to you in your sight, God, for you alone are our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It was the same thing every single day. Morning by morning, day after day, again and again, he got up early and stayed up late doing what God had given him to do. The the routine, the liturgy of his day was always the same. Five o'clock in the morning, his alarm would go off, maybe six o'clock if he hit snooze a couple of times. And he would sit up in his bed and slide his feet into his house shoes, go to the bathroom and wash his face and brush his teeth. And then he made his way downstairs where his coffee was already brewing. He could smell it. That's part of what got him out of bed that morning, every morning. And he grabbed his cup of coffee and he headed to his prayer corner. It wasn't particularly fancy. It was just a chair in his house. His Bible was there and he spent just a few minutes because that's all he had, a few minutes in prayer. It looked a little bit like Luther's morning prayer. It looked a little bit like prayer about the day to come, a little bit of the casting of cares on the Lord. And then after time in prayer and committing his day to the Lord, it was off to the races. He made his way to his factory job where he worked every day, six days a week. It was a long day there at the factory. His back ached because he stood there all day and his eyes began to burn because they were peeled for mistakes on the assembly line. But day after day, morning after morning, he did his work. Every day he was the same thing, up with the crack of dawn, working till the evening, coming home and doing it again. Every week it was the same routine too. Sunday was his day of rest. He he made his way to church every week. He made his way to God's word every morning. Made his way to prayer every evening. Day after day, morning after morning, he rose and did what God gave him to do. It was exhausting. It was a, you could call it a grind. But it wasn't just the work that wore him out. It wasn't just the hamster wheel of day after day that wore him out. It was what was waiting for him when he got home because he knew that when he got home from his day's labor, he knew that his little children would want to jump on him. And he knew that his older children would want to, him to come to their games and their events. And he knew that even though he wanted a little bit of quiet time, his, his wife wanted a part of his ear. And more than his ear, she wanted his heart. And he was involved at church too, so sometimes he knew he could get a phone call from the pastor saying, hey, I need your prayers tonight. He was one of their elders. And so he didn't just carry his family in his heart as he went about his labor, he also carried his church. See, the Board of Nurture, the Board of Elders is responsible for caring for the souls of the people. And so he, he often carried the cares and concerns of God's people in his heart. Morning after morning, day after day, he rose early and stayed up late carrying the burdens 
that God had given to him. And, and to be honest, sometimes you know, you know how this is true. Sometimes he wanted to just set it aside. Sometimes he longed for a job that would be a little bit more fulfilling. Something that meant a little bit more. Something that he felt would make a little bit more difference in the world, you know. And sometimes he wanted to lay aside responsibilities at church because it was one more thing and he didn't really want to carry it. It was too much, he felt. And yet he carried on, morning after morning, day after day. He rose early and stayed up late, give, carrying the burden that God had given him to carry. Because he knew that when he did his work, God did his. For 23 years, for 23 years, Jeremiah had been preaching again and again and again, he got up early and he stayed up late. He, he carried the burden, the message that God had given him to carry to the people. And he'd been doing it faithfully for 23 years. Did you catch that? It's almost like a complaint when he starts his sermon. 23 years I've been saying this stuff to you people. 23 years he'd been preaching. At first it was okay because he got to work under a faithful king, Josiah. If you don't know a little bit of the history, let me share a little bit with you now. Josiah was the king when, jo when Jeremiah started his ministry. And when Jerem Josiah was king, things were okay. Because even if the people didn't want to hear him, at least he knew he had the king's support. Because Josiah is this great reformer. He's restoring temple worship. He's finding the Bible. Josiah is all about the word of God. He loves the word of God. He, it's like he can't get enough of it. But then Josiah dies and his son takes his place for a couple of months and then a grandson takes his place for a little bit longer and his sons and his grandsons don't love the word of God like he did. In fact, Jehoahaz, he, he took one of Jeremiah's sermons. I try to imagine what this is like as a preacher. There's a manuscript that you have and he's reading it and he chops off a piece and throws it in the fire. That's the ministry of Jeremiah. <laughs> Day after day, morning after morning, he got up and, and did what God gave him to do. What I'm trying to lean into with you this morning, if you're trying to make a connection to the text, what I'm trying to lean into this morning is what Jeremiah said in his sermon, his persistence. Did you, did you catch what he said to the people as he began his sermon? Verse 4, no, verse 3. For 23 years, from the 13th year of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, until this very day, the word of the Lord has come to me, and I have spoken to you again and again. That's the way the NIV translates that phrase, again and again. And it's a pretty good translation. It kind of tries to capture the repetitiveness, the persistence, the repeatedness, the diligentness, the relentlessness of Jeremiah the prophet, but it's a little bit more than that. The word itself can simply mean rising up early in the morning. But it's a little bit more than that. It's a little bit more like the oxen who gets up early in the morning and puts its shoulders into the yoke and drives. Not just one day, but the next day and the next day and the next day, again and again, morning by morning, rising early, staying up late, doing the work that it's called to do. But, but I don't know if you noticed this, but did you notice that it was not just Jeremiah who was persistent? It was God too. 
Jeremiah, as he preaches the sermon, look what he says in verse 4. Though the Lord, the Lord has sent all his servants, the prophets, to you again and again. See, it's not just Jeremiah who gets up in the morning and puts his shoulder to the plow. It's God, too. It's God who sent servant after servant, prophet after prophet, generation after generation, sending his word to his people. Even though his people refused to listen to him, even though his people quit on him, God refused to give to his people to give up on his people. And if you turn to chapter 26, which is after chapter 25, obviously, but actually, chronologically, chapter 25, 6 comes before chapter 25. Now you're really confused. But why did God keep sending the prophets again and again? It is because of this hope. And when I say hope now in this sense, I'm not talking about a certain expectation. I'm talking more about a longing that God has in his heart. Look, what, look at God's hope. Verse 3, 26, verse 3. Perhaps, perhaps they will listen and each will turn from their evil ways. Then I will relent and not inflict on them the disaster I was planning because of the evil I have done. Perhaps. I love that word because it expresses the hope of God, this longing. God knows what his people will probably do, but he hopes that they won't. He hopes that they'll hear Jeremiah. He, he hopes that they'll hear the other prophets. He, he hopes that they'll hear and that they'll turn and that they'll live. It's God's great hope. God doesn't give up on us. Life calls to us, doesn't it? And you can think about your whole life now. Life calls to us and, and urges us to persist. Morning by morning, our little children call to us, come and get me. Evening by evening, our children need things from us. It just doesn't quit. Morning by morning, our spouses, our husbands, our wives, we have responsibility to them. Husbands, to love your wives like Christ loved the church. Wives, to submit to your husbands as to the Lord. We have this responsibility and it's there morning by morning, night after night, day after day, year after year. It's this calling. And I want you to be sure that it's not just for the married folks and the folks with children. It's all of us. Morning by morning, our job requires things from us. Day after day, our life requires things from us. As we age, the responsibilities of managing things and appoint doctor's appointments and just, get, just the normal chores, the things that were easy for you when you were, you were young now become much more difficult. And it's a chore just to go to the store. And the burden and the weight of life that God has given to us, it presses down on us. And it calls us to get up again and press on. But lest you think this is just a sermon about work, it's liturgy too. When you come to worship, there is work to be done. Liturgy, after all, is the work of the people. First of all, you have the work of just plain showing up. Right? How many times, and you can think to yourself, 
you hear from other people or think to yourselves, you know what, it's just too much work to get up and go. See, sometimes just playing, showing up for church and making your way to a pew is hard enough. And then there's the matter of listening and, and the matter of paying attention. See, when there's a sermon or a service, there's the speaking, but then there's also the hearing. And that's something you have to do. I can preach a great sermon, but you have to listen to it, whether it's good or not. Right, and there's the attention that we give, and I, unless this is just about Sunday, think about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Can I be frank? I'm, I'll be Nate, but I'll be honest with you. We say to ourselves, I don't have time to pray or meditate on God's Word. We do have time. We just give that time to something else. It's work, isn't it? To set aside and devote and hold as holy a time for the Lord. And I don't think it needs to be four hours long. But can our daily time in God's Word be five minutes of prayer and thanksgiving and a meditation on His Word? It's, what I'm getting at is it's work and it takes persistent morning by morning, day after day, rising early, staying up late to do what God has given us to do. And let's be honest, I'll be honest, I'd rather push the easy button. When it's hard, I want to get around. When it's difficult, I want to find an easier way. And sometimes I think to myself, if it's hard, it must not be the right way. If it's painful, it must be wrong. If it's difficult, I have to find another way. But see, God calls us, like Jeremiah, to get up again and again to do that which he's called us to do. Jeremiah wanted to quit. Did you know that? This thing that God gave him to do, he just wanted to quit. That lament we looked at a couple of weeks ago where Jeremiah is complaining to the Lord about his life, it's not so much Jeremiah despairing of life, it's Jeremiah despairing of his calling. He's saying to God in this lament, God, I just want to hang it up. I just want to quit. It's too hard. I want to keep your word inside me. I don't want to do it anymore. And you know what? God wouldn't let him quit. 167 times in the book of Jeremiah, it says, declares the Lord. God keeps speaking. 155 times it says, thus says the Lord. God keeps speaking. You get this yet? At least 24 times God comes to Jeremiah specifically. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet. God would not let Jeremiah quit. He kept coming to him and coming to him and coming to him, even though Jeremiah wanted to hang it up. Sometimes that's God's way, isn't it? When, when we want to just hang it up, God sends us out again. He's persistent, isn't he? It's God's way when he came to Jonah. You, you know the story. Jonah is the reluctant prophet who runs away from the Lord, but what did God do? 
He swallowed him with a fish and spit him out and said, get over there. And, and when Elijah stood at the mouth of the cave and said, God, it's too much. I'm the only one left and I want to die. What did God do? Elijah, quit your whining. I've reserved 7,000 in Israel and I have work for you yet to do. God refused to quit on Elijah, Jonah, Jeremiah, even when they wanted to quit on him. And when we took the easy way, and when we wanted to just hang it up for one Sunday or for more, God refused to quit on us. Generation after generation after generation after generation, he spoke, and then his son came. I want to read to you from Isaiah now. I'm skipping prophets, but I want to read to you from Isaiah because I want you to grasp the determination of God through his son, Jesus. This is what Jesus, this is from Isaiah, but it's one of the servant songs where, where Isaiah has in his mouth the words of the Messiah. This is what he says, Isaiah 50, verse 4 and following. The sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. The sovereign Lord has opened my ears. I have not been rebellious. I have not turned away. I offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face. I didn't run away from mocking and spitting. Because the sovereign Lord helps you, I will not be disgraced. Therefore have I set my face like flint, and I know I will not be put to shame. Your Savior Jesus refused to quit, even when it got hard. He, he set his face, Luke says, resolutely toward Jerusalem. And, and when he prayed in the garden and it was too much and he said, Father, if there's another way, but then his betrayer came. Can you hear his resolution to his disciples? Rise, let us go. He doesn't mean rise, let us run away. He means rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Because I have to do what has to be done. I have to carry the load that my Father gave me to carry. I have to carry the load of sin that is yours and that is mine. And he put his shoulder to that cross even when it was too heavy physically for him. It was so heavy that Simon had to carry it for him. And yet Simon was not the one who hung. It was Jesus who hung there, putting his shoulder to the weight of all our sin. And then after pushing, the, pushing with his shoulder against the stone of the tomb, he rose again and now he shoulders the load of your life in a different way. See, after taking away all of your sins, now he sits in heaven and he sends his gifts to you. He sends the church through to proclaim to you and preach to you God's word again and again. He, he sets a table for you. 
his body and his blood, and he gives it to you through people. And not just that, but from his holy seat in heaven, he sends you his Holy Spirit, the greatest gift. Again and again, day after day, he refuses to quit on you. So let me say this. Keep showing up, even when it's hard. Keep showing up to do the work that God has given you today in your daily life. Keep showing up for worship. Keep showing up in your daily prayers and devotions. Keep showing up because here's the truth. When you do your work, God does his. When you show up in worship and you hear his word, when you do your work, God is doing you his to forgive your sins, to strengthen your faith, and to prepare you for the last day. When you sit down to pray, you're doing your work, but therein God does his work. He sends his Holy Spirit to you. He hears your prayers, and he acts. When you care for your children, when you care for your spouse, when you do your work throughout all of your life, God is doing his work because how else does God do his work on earth? He could do miracles, and he sometimes does. But more often, he works through people, and by people, I mean you. So parents, get up early and stay up late doing the work that God's given you to do. Husbands, love your wives, even when it's hard. Wives, submit to your husbands, even when they don't deserve it. Because when you do your work, God does his. Old people, sorry. <laughs> Respectable people, experienced people. It's hard to get up in the morning. It's hard to do your daily tasks. But keep doing them the best that you can with all the strength the Lord provides. You get the point? Keep showing up in worship, in work. Because when you do your work, God does his. Amen? Amen. Now the God of peace grant you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Amen.